Welcome to Married AF. We are your hosts, Brooke and Randall Fowler. On this show, we discuss the topics that really matter. Like big veiny cocks and our favorite TV shows. So pull up a chair at our kitchen table and hang out. While I bulldog my nuts. (laughs) All right, well, welcome back, everybody. Part two with Josh Hall here. Sorry about the uh, abrupt end to episode <laughs> one. We were uh, up against it, and you know I want to be the first to acknowledge the audio issues. We've all talked about it um, and shared it. Um, it just had a run of bad luck with it Skype. It happens. It happens. But the content was was so good, and we were so deep because really, when it hit and got bad, we were an hour like what, Josh? An hour and ten minutes in. I mean, it was. Yeah. Yeah, but I do apologize to everybody, and so we've changed things up. We sound good. Yeah. The, the, Using the old telephono. Yeah, the old telephono. <laughs> but the the episode has been received so warmly. I want to thank everybody um, that's listened to it, that's wrote us to reach Josh. Um, it's incredible. The episode is been downloaded more than episodes that we did a year ago when we started that Mm -hmm. have been downloading every day (laughs) since accumulating josh hall has come on a week ago and has already beat those numbers you have a very loyal following you do sir well you know i can tell you that it's just it's so gratifying to hear that because you gotta understand when I was figuring all this stuff out, I was it was scary. I didn't know where it was going. I I was kind of like alone in the middle of the woods. I didn't know I, who can you talk to about this stuff without them thinking you might be crazy or something, <laughs> you know. And so as I was going through this process, which I think I can replicate with other people now, that's that's what I really think. But as I was going through this process, it was really scary, and I felt alone really just more than I did before because before I, at least I was comfortable, you know, I knew how to, my way of being, I was, I knew what to expect at least with this. It was like, where's this going? <laughs> you know? But now, now that I, now that I've been doing this and, and I'm look, I, I want to make something clear to everybody. I don't think I'm better than everybody because this is, I've just expanded my consciousness a little bit and it's helped me and I think it can help other people. And that's all I really want for other people. I don't think I'm enlightened. I'm not enlightened. We'll talk about it later. I, I sent you that scale of consciousness. I actually just saw it for the first time the other day. and I was like, it resonated with me. So I knew that it was something that I'd like to, to share when we got back on. But yeah, it's just, it's really nice to hear that. And, and I've been getting a bunch of messages too, of just people saying, hey man, I love you. You know, uh-huh. and, and hearing that was just, because really, you know, I said that it's always about connecting everything. Social media is about, this is about connecting too. It's about me reaching out there with a flag. Does anyone see this? Mm-hmm. You know, you're not alone if you can see this. And if you've made it this far and you want to keep listening to the things I have to say, that's huge. It means you're on that track, you know, and I love that. It pumps me up. It mm-hmm. gets me fired up. You know, I was, I, I was, 
the other night, I was like, I can't wait to do the second part so we can keep going, you know? So anyways, yeah. I'm, it, I'm really happy to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I got to give uh, a couple of shout outs. Um, uh, Robert Owen, uh, my good buddy from, uh, he went to high school with uh, with me and played football with me. He he reached out out of the blue. Doesn't he know well, Josh? Not out of the blue. I think he knows Josh, yeah. he Robert, played football together. Yeah, we played against each other. Or, yeah. But... Um, Robert texted me and he was like, God, I wish that interview didn't have audio issues. <laughs> and it, that was it. And I was like, I know, man. He was like, dude, such a good interview. You got to have Hall back on. I was like, dude, it's already done. We're, you know, we're planning the part two for sure. But yes, well, he I'll, deserves. I'll go back over the main things uh, that the, the key, the key parts that have, have to be addressed. And, um, you know, cause there's going to be people that are listening to this for the first time and they're going to be like, what yep. the hell are you talking about? If we just jump straight into all this 100%. stuff, so, you know, I'll do like the too long, didn't listen version at the beginning, if that's okay. And that way everyone kind of, you know, same sheet of music. Yeah. Let's go ahead and, uh, go ahead and jump into that. You know, however you want to, uh, surmise it. Okay. The floor is yours, sir. Okay. All right. All right, so if you and I'm just speaking to the listener, I want to I want you to be open to the idea that maybe I know what the hell I'm talking about. I can tell you in my past I it took me a while, but I finally learned to really shut up unless I know what I'm talking about. And now I can't stop talking about this because I believe it. I believe what I'm about to say and the things I'm going to describe can help people. And I don't mean just people that are suffering. If you're perfectly happy, I could think that it can go even farther. We talked about that scale of consciousness, and uh, at the at the very bottom is is like shame, and at the very top is enlightenment. And um, and I'm not enlightened. I think I'm on my path on the path to that now. If I can keep going in the direction that I am, but I would say I'm more into the willingness part of the scale. It's kind of like right after neutral. Neutral is where you sort of view everything from this detached kind of way. And you view, well, actually, you know what? This would be a great time for me to talk about that. So you, we all live in these different planes of existence, kind of different realms, all right? At the same time, almost. And the way I would describe the, the realm that most people live in is where they experience frustration, grief, anger, um, discontent, uh, things like that multiple times a day. All right. And I was talking to one guy and, uh, he says, well, you know, I, I was aggravated, but I'm not anymore. And I said, look, the things you're describing, you're aggravated, even if it's for a short period of time, you're experiencing a very negative emotion. And that you feel it in your body. Your whole body feels it. And I think mm -hmm. that affects your health ultimately. But oh, what sure. I would say, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so these most people live in this plane where most of the time they're experiencing kind of a overall sort of negative series of emotions that, that they sort of, you know, push through. They kind of focus and stay positive and, and trudge through. And I'll say this too, your mental health care 
professionals might not like my message at first because they teach you how to cope with suffering. Sure. That's what is, is really going on. It's suffering. When you're bored and you stand there bored, that's mm-hmm. low-level suffering. When you're, when you're sitting there and you're upset, you're angry, you're heartbroken, you're, you're grief-stricken, or you're just aggravated because everywhere you go is just another asshole. I mean, if you look on Facebook, for example, I just mm-hmm. got back on from Facebook. I hadn't been on there for years. And I got yeah, back it's on been there. a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing, though. You see people... If I see one more asshole, I'm going to, you know, or, or, and then I had to tell this person, excuse me, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it's always this kind of like dynamic that they're describing that's upsetting them. And this is kind of like the two dimensional, or three dimensional plane of existence where everything's kind of duality. There's this duality going on. There's up and down and left and right and, you know, Republican and Democrat and, and, and dark and light and all this stuff. And that's where most people kind of hang out in, okay? It's just where it is. It's, it's a frustrating existence, all right? Well, then as you sort of start to expand your consciousness, you kind of move up this scale, okay? And you start to get to a point where you have this, you sort of look at things in this kind of detached way where it's happening all around you, but you're more or less kind of amused by it. You're like, huh. You know, that that doesn't really affect me at all, but it used to charge me up, like the news, for example. Mm-hmm. If you watch the news, it's it's so negative, right? And people feel emotions based on the news that they're watching, and they feel it in their bodies. Oh, it gives me anxiety it, sometimes. It, yeah. Yeah, it, it, people get, and look, they get really fired up about their politics and stuff, right? And, and And so on. And... If you watch Facebook, it's like, why do you keep going back to that when it's upsetting? But they do it because they're trying to really be seen and be heard and connect with other people. But they're so fucked up, they don't know how to do it. Sorry, they're so effed up, they don't know how to do it. I was that way. Um, and I can describe later. But So anyways, here's, here's what I want to say. Let me get into it. So everybody orders their mind. Most people, all right? Most people order their mind in a certain way where they sort of project this image of themselves that they're trying to be all right and and most people it's a reaction to insecurity all right if you look at if you really examine these these images of people what they're trying to be at any given time it's it's based on insecurity you know it's based on not having enough something it's based on trauma from past events that they don't ever want to live through again so that you know like men I mean, look how much, for example, some men put so much effort into looking tough, into looking tough. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a difference between being tough and just looking tough. I mean, mm-hmm. some of these guys, like with their sleeves tattoos, I'm surprised they're hard enough to sit through the tattoo, <laughs> you know, but they're trying to look tough. And they're trying to be seen. Well, anyway, so does that make sense? Not you, baby. Oh, yeah. You're really tough. No. That makes sense. You know, women, all right? Look at Instagram, for example. Every woman, or most women, not every woman, but a lot of women are putting so much effort into being sexy. They want to be sexy. They want likes. They want to be seen is really what's going on, but it's based on insecurity. So well, it's a there's business, never too. enough likes. When something is based on insecurity or negativity, there's just never enough. That's how this works. 
You think it'll make you happy. You think that mm-hmm. validation will make you feel better, but there's never enough. I mean, it started out at a hundred. Now you've got 300 likes, but it's kind of like you don't really feel as good as you thought you would if you got that, bit, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how it is. So well, when I- you start... I had to examine this projected channel. Yeah, I had a question. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, I've got to yeah. ask this before I forget. Um, you and me, are we have some similarities just from being friends a long time. I know that you were this way. And I want to know if you're still this way or if you found a way to overcome this. But I have a severe problem with a lot of times I'll just decide in my head how bored I am. <laughs> And, and then, then, I, then I get mad because how bored I am. Like, boredom is like an enemy to me. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's weird. I don't even know how to describe it. But it's like I'm always looking for the next big thing to do. Right. And uh, can't see the beauty in getting to, like, maybe lounge on the couch. That that's, you know, a great thing. Yeah. So... This is kind of what you're describing, I think, and and you're just as driven as I used to be. When you're driven like like what you're describing, you're driven to accomplish certain things, it's it's really because you think, if I can finally get to this certain point, I can add another piece to this projected image of mine that I'm trying so hard to be, and then it'll be real, and then I'll have the respect or the clout or the the acknowledgement that I've always been seeking and, and then I can kind of relax for a little bit or sure. then I'll be a, yeah. at a point on the way to some other greater destination. And, and that's why while you're sitting there, you know, on the couch when you should be able to just enjoy the moment, enjoy whatever it is that you're doing with whoever you're there with, because listen, man, and here's something I can tell you when you're thinking about, you know, this grand plan of yours that you've got to execute, you're not really thinking about the people you're with. You're not even really there. You're thinking about some other shit that, does, that hasn't even taken place yet. Mm-hmm. And so you can't appreciate that present moment. And that's why boredom sucks. Mm-hmm. But, and this is, this is part of my message, though, because, see, I believe I know how to manifest whatever it is that you want into your life. And I know that might lose some people right off the bat, but this is real. This is how this image works. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. You see, whatever you're putting into that image, if it's based on negativity, two things are going to happen. Either you're going to get the opposite of what you wanted, it's going to manifest itself, or you're going to get what you wanted and it's never enough. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Whether it's money or, or attention or, or women, any of the things that you see people chasing today on, on social media, it's just never enough. Fine. <laughs> Well, no, There's I've got... never enough fun. Let me tell you that one. I can tell you that personally. There's never enough fun. Well, let me Always tell you... Have... Go ahead, go ahead. Let me tell you what I learned, because you were chiming in on it. <clears throat> me and you are the same also in this regard. We were both uh, pretty... We used to both get fired up pretty good about our politics. Mm-hmm. I can definitely say I, I was an, an asshole to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you learned your it wasn't right, and I've I've talked about it on this show openly how much I learned from that. Um, after some reflection, but people have this urge to it's like there's an animal inside them. They they've got to make this. They've got to get this post out. They've got to make <laughs> this point. 
because it's going to change right. the world. You know, people are going to really buy. And then when it doesn't, and when it hurts half of their friends, like it really hurts them, you know, when you ostracize yeah. half your friends because they believe differently than you. So you're basically punching your own friends and half of them in the face. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that nobody really gave to, sh- you know, it, it did nothing at the end of the day, right. except. Right. It didn't advance your cost. Except hurt <clears throat> half of your friends. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll answer your question, but it might take a little bit longer than you would like. <laughs> um, this projected image that everybody puts out there, everyone kind of puts this thing. And if you think about it further, it's not really you. And if they, if they were going to be honest with, with themselves, and that's what I want everybody that's listening to do, please be honest with yourself while you listen to this. You don't have to be honest with me. You don't have to be honest with anybody, just yourself. And that means, and I call them pretty lies. Pretty lies are what stitch our ugly realities together. And if you'll get close enough to them and just wipe them away and accept and own your role, and virtually every horrible thing that's ever happened to you, then you start to become free because you're no longer a victim of circumstances that were beyond your control. You see, the truth is, and this is a fact, everybody is in their own reality, and they have manifested themselves everything that's in it because everything around you is a reflection of what you think you're worthy of. That's a fact. What you think you're worthy of surrounds you. So if it's, I mean, and and to answer your question, people unconsciously accept this projected image that they're building and placing things on and thinking about all the time, all day long. Think of how much mental energy, right? That's not really them. That's based on negativity. That's based on, on not having enough. It's not, it's, it's like a loop. It's why they have the same issues, the same problems, the same wrong people. And they unconsciously accept that's who they are. And one of the things that they use to, to prop up this, this thing that they're constantly supporting, they, they, their identities are so wrapped up in it, right? Unconsciously, they think it's them. And that includes their politics, their political beliefs. So when you offend someone's political belief, okay, you're really threatening that thing's existence that they have that they think is them. That's all it really boils down to. And that's why people get enraged when you challenge it. And it doesn't have to be just politics. Challenge anything, some sort of other belief that they think that they've invested so much energy in developing and you just dismiss it, it'll drive them up the wall. And that's how you know. I mean, and if you really care about your friends before you can have this kind of conversation with them, you just don't offend that, and you don't get into it because you care about them. You know, really deep down, and I, this is what I believe, really deep down, if you could look at what everybody really, really wants, it's just to be able to love someone with their whole heart without worrying about it being shattered. Because, I mean, have you, I'm sure you have, have you ever just been able to love someone and just, it feels like your heart sings. Yes. And you feel so good. And when they love you that much back, you don't have to worry about them shattering your heart. You know? But everybody has this, has everyone, okay, everyone has experienced some sort of trauma where 
and, and this is what's true of everybody, that pro- projected image that everyone has, it's supposed to protect you and get you what you want. But really what it boils down to is loving and fear. And really that means living in fear. Because if you can't love, first of all, that person, whoever it is, me, you, if you can't love yourself fully, you can't love anyone else fully, right? But people guard their hearts. They put up little, little, you know, safety valves and chips and balances to keep themselves from being hurt. Because mm-hmm. when you love something, anybody, if you love them, whatever they send back hits you directly in the heart, directly. I'll tell you. So on that scale of consciousness, the very lowest one is shame. And today I was having a conversation with a, with a woman. She's in Pittsburgh. She says, you're so honest about everything that's happened. And I said, well, yeah, I let the pretty lies go. I, I acknowledge my role in the things that have happened to me, at least when I was old enough to make decisions, right? As children, you don't know anything about that. Sure. Well, this is, I think I'm an extreme case. I, I'll tell people I was suicidal for a very long time. The only thing that kept me alive was in my projected image was that I, I thought that if you killed yourself, you were a coward. And I didn't want to be remembered that way. And anyway, I believe, I, kid, I believe you I when you say that. Old, this all happened. This is what started it all off for me. I, I remember, I, I realized this after we got off the phone, really, because I, I saw this scale of consciousness where shame was the lowest one. When I was six, okay, I had chicken pox, all right? Well, right after chicken pox, right after chicken pox, I had spinal meningitis, and my parents started going through a divorce. And I was sent to this hospital for like six weeks, and I was alone. My parents never showed up. My grandmother was there sometimes. I mean, six years old. Six years old? I, I was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh I was God. in this hospital. I mean, when I got out of the hospital, I couldn't even walk. I had oh. to, not out of the hospital. When I got out of, over the, I couldn't walk. My legs were so atrophied. I couldn't even stand oh. up out of a wheelchair. And when I tried to do it, I didn't want to. It hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, my parents were getting divorced during this time. I felt abandoned. I didn't know what was going on. Six weeks when you're sick every day feels like an eternity. You didn't see him for six weeks? Yeah. Well, in the hospital, yeah. So Jesus. almost right after when I got back, okay, I, this is how it was when we were kids. You knew where everyone was because their bikes are in the yard. Yep. <laughs> you know? My dad had left. I was back in Covington, Georgia, living with my mom and, and my uncle. And I, I, I loved this, this neighborhood. I mean, my, my uncle had one of those craftsman homes, you know, with the porch and everything. And uh, the neighborhood was just... There were kids around and stuff like that, you know, and I rode my bike everywhere. Anyway, when I was back, I, I remember just, it was, it was good to be back. And I saw, I remember, I don't remember specifically, it all seems like it happened right at one after the other, you know, but there, the kids, you know, you see where everyone is by where everyone's bike is in the yard. And I saw these bikes all in this new yard down the street. And so I go over there. And there had been these two older boys in their family that had moved in. And I kind of see everyone's bike. And I walk up in the yard, and there's this sort of shed in the back over in the yard. And I walked over there, and the door was kind of open. And so I kind of walk over there and knock on the door. And 
it opens up and they pull me inside. And I don't know how long I was in there for, but that's where I felt shame for real. And, uh, and so anyway, this kind of stuff was new. My, my parents or my mom, my dad wasn't there. My mom called the cops and, uh, you know, they interviewed me and I remember I didn't really know, you know, what the hell, right? But I felt shame, and I didn't want to feel it anymore. And I said, nothing happened to me. Nothing happened to me. Are you sure? I mean, the seriousness. I can see it in that, that cop's face. Something happened. What's going on? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Are you sure? And my mom, same thing. And I said, nothing happened to me. Well, the kid next door to me, he was... He was in that sh- that shed also, and something worse happened to him. I don't really remember everything, but I've lived with this my whole life, kind of buried because I realized, like that poor kid. People probably called him a liar. Mm. You know, they called him all kinds of. I mean, who knows? I don't know. But the point is, is that that's where I started out, <laughs> and really, I started putting all these guards up and just my way of being became this way of protecting myself. And it, in my projected image was, do not fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Do that's not in, fuck with that's me. That's incredible that and, that's, that you've been able to almost trace where oh, the Josh yeah. Hall that I knew began. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, listen, I've spent, Hours and hours, I don't know how many hours meditating and and really working through this stuff. I haven't, I don't, I've, I've, I've spoken to some counselors here and there, but nothing of any, you know, this has really been all me trying to fix me and probably why it took so long too. But I can tell you, and I want everyone to know, if we scar was worth it, mm-hmm. if we scar was worth it because I'm free. That's what I mean when I say your mind is locked or unlocked because that image of yours that you're projecting out there that you unconsciously accept as you, it controls your way of being. You're not in control of it. It is. Every time you make a decision, you real quickly say, does that line up with this thing and support its existence? If it doesn't support its existence, you won't do something even if it's in your best interest and worse because it controls your way of being you might not even see a better alternative to whatever you're trying to do. It won't allow it. It won't allow it. In your reality, you can't even see something that's right there. It's happened to me all the time now, now that I've changed my way of me, now that I've quit, uh, stopped that projection. So this thing made me miserable, all right? When you walk around with a don't fuck with me kind of thing, you're always looking for some kind of enemy, some sort of threat. And it keeps you just constantly angry. I was always angry. And really, it's because it was easier than being sad. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think a lot of angry people can relate to that. But, uh, but anyway, so this thing, all right, it, it controls your behavior. And you don't even know it. You think you're in charge. But you go back to the political thing, right? where people embed their political beliefs into their identity. And you'll start to see that everyone says the exact same thing to each other. It's like they're running scripts, mm-hmm. like, like running scripts from a, 
from a computer or something to execute, you know, rebuttal. <laughs> and they say <laughs> the same shit to each other. Yep. You're, you know, and it's like they're each trying to hurt each other the, the best way they know how. They all, mm. and you can tell what the person values when they start insulting someone else's intelligence, tell them how stupid they are, picking on the way they spell. Well, they believe in, they, in their value system that they think they might be dumb. And so they want to prove that's, I thought I was some kind of culture warrior. All right. Mm. And that's what they think too. And they're out there battling it out on Facebook every day to try to, you know, get their vision across. But, but, and it's like you said, also, you see, because that's their identity. They just pave right over whatever points they might've conceded with you. They pave right over and their reality. It doesn't really, I can tell you a perfect example of this. I remember this one guy, we used to get into it all the time. And one time I, we were getting into it and we were going down this sequence of events. And I said, wait a minute. We've had this exact same argument before. I said, you already told me I was right about this one. What the hell, man? <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But what does that tell you? I mean, really, what it tells you is you're not changing anyone's mind. No, you're not. You're not going to change no. anyone's minds. They're going to. They're going to believe what they want to believe, and people are going to do what they think they have to. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what that's all about. That image again. They're doing what they. And, and that's the other thing. They just want to avoid being hurt, and they want to get what they want. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so, the process that I want to talk about is how to just unlock your mind and get out of this sequence, out of this loop. And start living your life and, and leave your old way of being behind. And that's what will happen. You're going to, it's like you walk away and you never go back. You never go back. You're not going to have these kinds of conflicts. You're not going to have these types of people in your life. You're not going to have, you know, you see it all the time on, fa on Facebook. I, I keep saying Facebook, but cut out negative people in your life. You know, <laughs> don't give them the time. That person saying that is probably one of the most negative people around. But who could blame them? Because they're surrounded by other negative people, you know? And they don't see that what they have around them is a reflection of what they think they're worthy of. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you about how people view themselves? They don't like themselves very much. And, that's, and the reason why is because this damn image has been controlling their way of, be way of being and causing these things that make them feel bad. Even when you, when you think of it, when you tell someone off, you let them know what you really think, you feel ugly afterwards. You feel dirty. Mm -hmm. You might have gotten a temporary kind of, yeah, I told that son of a bitch off. But when you settle down a second, you don't feel so good. You kind of feel gross. And the thing is, people can't forgive themselves. They won't forgive. I, I'm still working through my mid-20s talking to people and telling them, because this is another thing. When you start deconstructing that projected image, why do I do that? Why do I have that in there? Why, have I, why is that part of this thing I've been trying to be? What's it re a reaction to? You, you, I've been meditating on this stuff, so I know mine so well. Mm -hmm. um, you start to, to sort of view things through their eyes and kind of how they were trying to be. and what you'll see is that everybody, everybody, if they've hurt you, and this is why forgiveness is so powerful. I, I always say it because it's so important. And it's one of the things that led me to Christianity. When you, forgiveness, 
if you if you'll think about it, and I, everybody, I'd like you to, if you'll think about it, everyone you've ever hurt, whether it was on purpose or indirectly, you did it when you were suffering more than normal, or you were trying to avoid being hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, if that's true for me and you, that's true for most people. That's true for most people that have hurt us, that hurt me. And I can let it go. Those guys that cut me in shame, I can't imagine how much they must have suffered through their lives being that way, being so horrible, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm free. I know those guys aren't, you know? So how can I not forgive people that have hurt me when, when really it led me to this? It led me to this. Every scar was worth it. Yeah. You know, and so once you start forgiving, man, it's like you just feel this. It's like you get rid of all the the crap in your house. You've been hanging on to realize that once you gave it away, it feels so, so much better to to have it out of the house, you know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, times that times like 10,000 plus, you know, your your Mm -hmm. favorite movie. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's that great. And Mm -hmm. and so so anyways, forgiveness. But where people struggle is. They can't forgive themselves. Mm. Let me tell you something. You've had something that's not you controlling your way of being, controlling your behavior. And to top it off, you've had this ugly little voice in your head telling you that you're terrible every day and then talking smack about everyone else around you, which is really just like having terrible guests over. I mean, think of it. Would you have a guest in your house that was watching TV, talking about how stupid everything is on the TV all day long, all night long? No. You know, but that's what everyone, most people live with is this little voice that rarely has anything positive to say about anything, especially then. Well, that voice is another entity that everyone has. Some people have more than one. Luckily, you and I probably only have one, but (laughs) that voice is really not talking about you. It's part of you. It's talking about your projected image, and it's Mm -hmm. talking about other people's projected images. That's what's so crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And if you think about it further, where does that voice get its information? Well, I'll tell you, and I learned this from Jordan Peterson. I I read like three chapters of his last book before I set it down because I'm tired of people telling me how to cope with suffering. Mm -hmm. But... What he says is, you've been comparing yourself to other people your whole life, so you know every one of your shortcomings. Well, the reason why you know every one of your shortcomings is because their little voices have been telling you. Mm. You know, theirs theirs has programmed yours. It's this Mm. awful, awful loop. It's it's really the reality we all sort of share. Mm. And so... So anyways, back to forgiving yourself. You can forgive yourself because you know, just like everyone that's hurt you, that you hurt them when you were just reacting out of being hurt yourself or you were trying to avoid avoid it, avoid being avoid painful uh experiences with someone else, really. Mm-hmm. That's powerful because that's the only way you can start loving yourself. People hold grudges to them. And I'm going to tell you, this is one of the reasons why I also appreciate Christianity. Because it's like, it's like this. How arrogant are you when God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, can forgive you. And you can't forgive yourself because you're so prideful. You know, mm. hang on a second. 
Mm-hmm. Get with, do you really care about these people? Because if you care about these people, you're going to do these steps. You're going to take these steps to start loving yourself so you can love them fully. And that means your children. Mm-hmm. That means your mother, your father, your wife. All right? Now, mm-hmm. you were talking before about, Randall, about boredom. Well, what I said earlier was you manifest stuff and you don't even know it. That projected image does. You're constantly feeding it with your mental energy. You're constantly thinking about it. And it's on a loop. You unconsciously accept that's you, but it's not. And this is where the mind unlock part comes in. You can start projecting whatever you want. You don't have to project these things that were based on insecurity. You can project whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And that will change your way of being. It'll change your behavior. It'll change what you bring into your life. Start, start small if you want. Just start being more loving. Think of it coming from your heart. Love, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just going to walk around and put it out there and see what happens. Now, I'm not telling people to love stupidly and to give out their bank account information <laughs> and their credit card numbers and to start going up to the first scumbag they know and, you know and, and, and trying to fall in love with them. I'm not saying that. But being a loving person, that way of being, it, think of your grandmother, maybe, or your grandfather, someone that was just always very loved. You can be that way to anybody, to anyone. It's authentically you. And that's the other thing. People say, people, okay, <clears throat> I'll back up a step. In that, uh, uh, that plane of existence, that 3D plane that I was talking about earlier, everybody's trying to be an individual. Everyone's focusing on what makes them different, their style, their, their, their choice in their clothing. I mean, like you said on the last podcast, every time they choose like their, their tennis shoes, they're thinking about, does this support this guy I'm trying to be or this girl I'm trying to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're trying to distinguish themselves from everybody else. Okay. And they're, and they're fighting for what they think are limited resources and, and, and limited opportunity, and, and they're having this fear of missing out and all this stuff, you know, because, again, it's duality. Uh, exciting, boredom, um, you know, fun, sucks, whatever, right? So this is kind of where everyone's hanging out, and, and most of the time they're experiencing things like frustration and grief and all this other stuff because this image of theirs isn't getting them what they want fast enough. Or, or it's not protecting them well enough. So they say, okay, I need more of something. I need more of something. So they add on to this thing. They add on to this projected image of theirs that they've, they've been uh, building and, and, and working on. And it starts bringing in more of what they never really wanted or more of what they think they want. And it's just not satisfying. It doesn't, doesn't fill that hole, that void that they have. Well, I'm not asking anybody to do anything more. I'm asking them to do less. Be less of these things that you're not and just be yourself. And I can tell you, this is how most people, again, you, as you go through this process and, and I'm going to start releasing some videos talking about this sort of thing and, and everything to work, to walk people through this. But as you go through this process and you deconstruct your projected image, you sort of start realizing like, wow everyone's kind of the same. They all kind of want the same stuff. And, and that's the thing that's also so powerful. While our the events in our lives might be very different, we still have the same range of emotions, don't we? 
we all kind of have it. We all know what grief and love and and joy and all these things feel like, don't we? And we can talk about our experiences with each other and share these things and connect for real. Yeah. Well, this is where everything goes wrong for everybody is because unless you're being authentically you, that means you're projecting something that you're not. And that thing acts as a barrier. And the further it is from your authentic being, who you really are, you're more and more disconnected. And I think I was an extreme case. Uh, you know, that was just the beginning for me at, at, at six years old. But, mm. you know, there's worse than me. I think that these, like these spree killers, they go and shoot up schools and stuff like that. Mm. I think what's really going on is they feel so tragically insignificant and so detached from everybody else. They want to be seen and acknowledged in at least some horrible way. Yeah. It's fine. That's how awful it is. For and they're them. also a psycho. Yeah. That's just a yeah. terrible combination. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look, and, and that's the other thing. I studied this before. I thought it was, they have, they're horribly, they're, they're not socially acclimated. They don't mm -hmm. really know how to talk at all to people. They mm -hmm. never really had any real friends kind of a thing. Or they, if they did, you know, it was the same type of, of unhappy person. So there's I think like, that's yeah, there's really definitely an equation. People. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank God I never reached that point. I never would, of course, but no. I had protector in my image. See, mine wasn't all terrible. I had protector in there. Hey, mm -hmm. well, speaking of that, I hate to interrupt yeah. you, Josh, but Go for it. Go for we've it. got, I'm looking at these, the questions that were submitted for you. And some of these are kind of, they lead, they, they hit on things that you've mentioned. So mm -hmm. if you're cool with it, I'll kind of want to start them and then, We'll see if they if they lead into something that you've spoke on previously, okay. or if it kind of opens us up to a new. Yeah, that'd um, be great. I I want to say one last thing, Randall. Manifesting, I believe everyone can manifest whatever they want in their life. I believe that. I believe it a hundred percent. I'm saying this because at some point I want to talk about that, and I want to tell people how they can bring the things they want into their life. All right. But I'm sure it'll come up in our questions. And uh, let's go. Let's well, that's get like the secret, right? Like, did you read that book, The Secret? Yeah, we the talked secret. about okay. it. Okay. The Secret. I didn't read the book. I've never read the book. I, I saw haven't either. I saw like one or two excerpts from the film, and I thought, this is bullshit. <laughs> the Secret is bullshit. It's bullshit. They want you to go and put a, a poster board up there with all these images that you look at once <laughs> like a twice dream a day board? It's supposed to give you what you want in a year, right? Oh. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. With your way of being, it has to be in your DNA. It has to be it has authentic. To be where yeah. you're always, your way of being kind of just makes it all kind of come alive and, come and, and draws it to you. But if you're looking at something twice a day, I mean, for no, me, it's not going to work. No, you're not going to have a second-grade art project. But, yeah, yeah. And, but, but, but... It's, it's more powerful than that. The secret is really kind of like the New Testament. It's just been ripped off. I mean, Christ and, talks about manifesting what you want. Oh, he calls it prayer. Yep. True. Yeah. I mean, it's all in yeah. there. It's crazy. That's, that anyways, is let's, 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 all let's right. go and, and I'll, I'll expand on it more. I hope people will listen because I'm not kidding you. I think you can have whatever you want in your life. It's just, it's, it's all about adjusting what you're projecting and what you're putting your mental energy into. Okay, but let's go. Okay. See, we're the only, we're the only animals that can visualize. Yeah. That's one of our powers. Yeah, true. But go ahead. Go ahead. Let's talk. Um, well, this is more, I don't know if this has anything to do with the manifesting stuff, but it does have to do with your physical, 
uh, health and fitness. That, that's manifesting. It because is. Josh, yeah. Josh believes perfect. that he's healing himself. Perfect. This will be the perfect segue. In fact, physical health is where this starts. All right. Yeah. So, okay. This is, I don't know who this is from, but it says, Josh, I've been in a funk for several years. I used to be an athlete. I was good looking. I had it all. Somewhere along the way, I lost myself. Your story gives me hope that I can still find myself. My question is this, because I've been out of the gym for so long, what kind of physical exercise would you recommend that I start with? Okay. So here's what I've come to believe. People are miserable. And so they do different things. I say miserable. Suffering is a better word. Whether it's, like I say, boredom or all the way up to suicidal thoughts, most people are suffering at least part of the day. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do when they're suffering, I know, is they, they have escape. They, they have what I call your drugs of choice or escape mechanisms. All right? Some people, it's food. Mm-hmm. They'll eat to feel better. Some people actually use drugs. Some people use alcohol. Some people use a combination of all kinds of things. Some people have what they think are positive ones where, you know, they spend all this crazy time on their children, but never really with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so, so in this case, it sounds like this guy probably, or person probably got into eating or drinking or something like that and Mm -hmm. let their health go. Well, the reason... All of these issues come back to happiness, all right? So when you're happy, you're flooded with energy. Or even if you're just neutral and you're not hurting yourself anymore, you have so much more energy because that energy you're putting into this projected image that's not you comes back to you. It comes back to you. It's like a positive feedback loop, really. But so what happens is, you know, Everyone kind of checks out and starts doing things. And and I see it. And I look at people now. If they're not bursting with health, I think there's something going on. Mm -hmm. Because when you're flooded with this kind of energy, you want to move your body. You want to move it. It feels good. It feels good. And really, it's a form of self-love, isn't it? It's it's doing something nice for yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, So what I would tell this guy is, you have to learn to love moving your body mm-hmm. again. You have to, or if, if it's a female, you have to learn yeah, I don't know. <laughs> to love moving. And I what like I recommend guy. doing, and this is what I do every single day, I dance. I dance. I put some music on that I like. I get on my balcony. I might have a cup of coffee first, <laughs> but then I start dancing and I start visualizing the things I want in my life and I start meditating and kind of focusing on what I want while I'm dancing, right? And this is part of manifesting, really. Actually, well, here's what you do. Here's what you do. I'll tell you right now. This is the key to manifest. I believe, this is me, I, I believe at any one time there's infinite realities taking place. And in one of those realities, you are healthy, you're not injured, you have all the things that you want in your life, and you can go down that list, all right? But there's a, there's, a, there's a guy that has perfect health. He's ripped. He's bursting with energy. He's got all his hair. His <laughs> eyes are clear. He's got a loving wife or whatever. You he's know? got all that except the hair, baby. Go- whatever it is. Right? <laughs> this guy, you sit there and you think about it. That's what you do. You take the time to meditate and just kind of think where and which reality is the perfect life for me 
right? Because it exists. It's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's real easy to say, what does that guy feel like? And so you start thinking about this, right? This is part of meditation. You start thinking about the emotions this guy has. And one of those things you're going to find is that he feels so grateful. He feels so damn grateful for all the wonderful blessings that are in his life. And you'll start to feel grateful because you want to feel like that. That's what you're going to do. You're going to slide in to that version of you that used to only exist in your imagination. You're going to slide right in there. You're going to start experiencing the feelings that this guy has. Does it feel good to love? Yes. Does it feel good to to have, you know, the things that you want in your life? Yes. And you feel grateful for it. Grateful. When you're grateful, all right, it's because you believe it's coming to you. And when you believe it's coming to you, it does start to come to you. And you don't, at first, look, it's, at first it's kind of difficult, right? Because it's so different from what you're used to. All you have to do is just reach out and barely touch it at first. Touch it. Touch that feeling. Whew. Kind of like the way you do when you think about painful memories. You say, I don't want to think about that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the opposite. You're thinking about this mm-hmm. other version of you that has everything that you really want. And so when you start thinking about that, you slide into this guy's feeling and you start doing positive things for yourself while you're feeling this way, while you're in that that zone, while you're in that, that version of you that's really you. You see, that's the other thing. There's a version of you that this is completely natural for. It's completely natural for you to start meditating and start getting into this and start start working on yourself. And that's the one you want to slide into. All right? Nice. And once, once you do that, get, in, get a visual of what that person looks like. Get a vision. And it's the, the more defined and the more, um, let's see, vivid you can make it, mm-hmm. the, more, the more powerful it is. And then when you, what you do is when you open your eyes, that vision of yourself should be right there in your mind's eye. You can still kind of see it. And the longer you can keep it there, the longer it's going to control your way of being and manifest the things that you want into your life. Isn't that wild? Mm. And that starts with your health. Mm-hmm. That starts with your health. For me, when all this started taking place, I, started, I was flooded with energy because I was no longer diverting so much of it into being something that I wasn't. Not really. I mean... I'm a sexy beast deep down, you know? It's easy to be a sexy beast. I mean, it's just, it's effortless. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I totally know. Yeah, it's effortless. I'm glad you know. Glad we're connecting. Two sexy beasts on the phone. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So so when when you start kind of getting into that. Now, listen, before I said I was walking around with with a don't fuck with me thing, right? And I was always angry. Well, what happens when you walk around? What do you think happens with other people when you walk around and you're a sexy beast? Okay. You kick a completely <laughs> different reality. <laughs> you get a completely different reaction from people. People talk to you differently. They, they, I mean, it's, a, it's wild. Now, let me ask you this one. What would you have if you walked around with creator? Just project creator. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when magic starts happening because you'll start creating stuff in your life. Things will start coming to you. Loving people will return to you. People you, you, you haven't spoken to for so long will come back to you. And it's energy that just goes out into the universe and, and, and forms these things. See, we're animals 
but we have a consciousness that, and an intelligence that allows us to visualize. This is part of our power. This is part of what makes us different and, and strong. And who do we pray to? Father. Why do we call him Father? We're his children. We're the children of God. We're children of God. What does that make you? An animal? I don't think so. That's a perfect... Once you realize that, you start to realize, wait a minute, he never wanted me to... Yes, he, I'm just... The universe, okay, whatever you prefer, never wanted you to suffer. It wanted you to bloom. Life is about blooming in all of its ways, all of its forms. That means mentally, physically, spiritually. And so, to this guy, I would say, go out and start dancing. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how silly you feel. It doesn't matter. Those are other people's opinions. You only care what you look like if you start worrying about other people's opinions. Other people's opinions are chains. And other people's opinions are based on that little voice that I call the critic. So who cares what they think? Who cares? Who cares? And if you're by yourself especially, then really who cares? Start moving your body in all kind of funky dimensions. I mean, I'll stick my stomach out. I'll suck it back in. That's really the the root. I'll shake my legs, you know. I mean, I probably do look crazy. I don't care because... (laughs) I'm healing my body, and that's where why dancing, I believe, is so healthy. You see, and this is—I mean, I—I I, don't—I didn't tell you about this, but after this all happened to me, I was standing out on my balcony. My my best friend, okay, he—he he thought he—he he asked me this. He goes, "Are you on Flocka?" <laughs> <laughs> he asked me that. I was like, "No, man, I'm just happy." <sighs> he'd seen me have some ups and downs before, you know. He's thinking, "Oh my God, when's the box gonna fall Uh-oh. out of this?" <laughs> but it was. I said, I'm just happy, man. And so I'm out there dancing, right? And I, I, I'm kind of, there's not even any music on. I'm just kind of moving my hips. I'm not really doing anything crazy. I'm just kind of like, I'm feeling this sort of beat, kind of just grooving. And I started meditating. I closed my eyes. And I start thinking, and my body says, and it didn't say the words, but you kind of feel what it says. It says, you know, why don't you pick it up just a little bit? My lower back has been bothering me so much at this point. I mean, I'm worried I'm going to be in a wheelchair another like eight years or something, you know. And so I said, okay. And I start kind of like undulating my hips a little, you know. And it says, pick it up a little more. I said, all right. I wind up going through the most comprehensive warm-up I've ever done in my life. I mean, I just start moving my body in all its crazy dimensions. And I said to myself, wait a minute. This is why dancing is so healthy. And I got these chill bumps all over my body, like saying, yeah, that's exactly right. And I said, oh, my God, I've got to play some music. So I run into my bedroom, <clears throat> and I can barely sit still to, to just get the Bluetooth connected. You know, like, hurry up. Ah. I throw it on, and it's just kind of playlist. And it was like every time I would have a revelation, the music would emphasize, yes, that's right. And so I'm sitting here, I mean, I've got my eyes closed, and I want everyone to think about doing this because it just makes it fun. Imagine you're someplace pleasant. For me, I was imagining at this point, I mean, I, I go to all kinds of different places now, but for me at this point, I was imagining as I, as I would bend over and I'd pick up a bunch of stars and fling them over my head, you know, and then I'd, I'd you know, 
throw my arm over here and smack a planet way out into the galaxy or whatever. I'd do an axe kick and I'd go through some, you know, moon or something like that, right? And and so I, I started kind of just having that sort of vibe, right? And so as I'm as I'm sitting here thinking about this stuff and I see this advanced starship cruising across just real kind of slow, sort of aimlessly. And it's been damaged. It's got, you know, marks all over it or whatever. And I realize it's on reserve power. But then all the lights start coming on. This advanced technology starts coming online and starts repairing itself. And I realize, my God, my body's trying to heal itself. I mean, think of that, you know? Yeah. and we've got all this advanced technology in our bodies. We've got these stem cells. What are they just hanging out? You know, what are they just there for no reason? I talked about autophagy in the last uh, podcast. Yeah. We've got all this stuff that's there for us to make us okay. We've just been underpowered. Our life has been sucked out by these things that we're not, this projected image, this disconnection. Because, see, when you're disconnected from other people, you're also disconnected from God. It starts with building a connection with other people, the universe, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Okay? Yeah. Hey. So anyway, hang go on. Ahead, go ahead. Hang on. I want to get. I want to stop you right there because that's a good uh, segue <laughs> for the next question. Exactly okay. where where you stopped off, <clears throat> so we okay. can get this yeah. one. This listener answered because I want to get as many of these as we can before we have to get off here because we promised them we'd get to them. Sure. So. Yeah. So go ahead, bud. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Randall and Josh, it was a real privilege to hear you two guys having such a strong and loving conversation together. Two men's men discussing the power of Christ's love really moved me. My question is for both of you. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Christ said, the kingdom's at hand. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. The kingdom. When he talks about the kingdom, he's talking about, in my belief, he's talking about heaven and earth. He's saying you can access this now. I believe that's true. And he talks to his disciples at one point. He says, some of you will see the kingdom before you die. That means, to me, you'll be able to access it. And this is, to answer that guy's, the other guy's question. Start dancing, brother. Start dancing and enjoying yourself. Learn to love mm-hmm. it. And you're just gonna, that's going to take off from there. It'll, be, it'll build and build and build. Before you know it, you're going to be fit. you love it. Yeah, I think anyway, he's going to be that a good— That's fine. simple, but it's the quickest. It's, it's the one that came to mind. I think that that guy is going to benefit uh, that asked the previous question. When At the end, we're going to wrap up. We're going to get all of Josh's info because if he's going to start doing these videos, guys or girls like that, could benefit hugely from those. So we'll make sure that we mention those before we head off. But I want to answer that too. It's funny to me that you, yours is such a simple, strong favorite Bible verse and mine right here. I I wrote it out and Brooke can see it. Mine's uh, Psalm 23, one, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I've, I've, I've always loved that simple, true. I mean, everything to me, what that means is, Everything is within us. Everything that we need. Yeah, and it's also and it's also 
if, if people don't want to get into Christianity, look, your energy precedes you. So when your way of being has nothing but love and positive energy, everything starts to work out for you. You're going to start noticing the light turns green a little quicker. You know, there's always a parking spot at your favorite place. When it says the Lord is your shepherd, mm -hmm. he's keeping you safe. It's like he's the energy that's preceding you. He's making it all work out before you get there. You know, and if you're going through something, hold the judgment just a little bit and let it play out because, oh, you know what? That wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it might be. And actually, it's kind of a blessing, you know? Yep. <laughs> that's what that kind of says to me. But, but yeah, I mean, that's a great one. I'm glad you said that one. Well, what do you got? I know that I want to give a shout out to Amy uh, Lavin, yes. my, my middle school uh, friend that is a listener. Shout out to her. Uh, she's got a great question for you, yes. Josh. I thought it was uh, awesome. All right, yeah, this is from our friend Amy. Um, she said, I consider myself a pretty compassionate, open-minded, and fairly well-traveled person. have visited 15 countries and a good bit of the U.S., although it's minimal compared to what there is to see in the world. I do feel like I've seen a pattern within humanity. People are just people anywhere you go, caring most about sharing food, laughs, and love with family and friends and interesting skills or talents they possess. My questions are, Josh, have you noticed the same thing from your travel and work experience? And if so, if our needs and wants are so basic as humans, why do you think we complicate every fucking thing so much and fight against one another all the time? It's a great question. Um, yeah, I did notice those things. And what's funny is, you know, you're asking, what was I searching for? I was traveling the world trying to find a place I could be happy, a place that it was like, you know, this, this is good for me. But what was interesting is that everywhere I went, no matter where it was, no matter how cool, people wanted to leave and go someplace else. <laughs> That's yeah. great. You know, no matter where it was. And except for Columbia, except people love Columbia, Columbia, man. I mean, I do too. That's, that's an awesome. I'm I not wish saying... I could find a woman that loves me as much as those people love the country. Yeah. But, but to, 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 to say why it's, it starts out, as I said before, people desperately want to be seen as individuals in the beginning and to be their own person. But it's kind of ironic as you go through this sort of, I don't know, as you expand your consciousness, you start to see that like we're all really connected. We're all really, we all kind of want the same stuff in our life. You know, we all want the same kind of positive things in our, in our life. I mean, everyone posts the same type of stuff all the time anyways, right? So you know that they say that, they think that in their hearts, they just go about it in a way that will never, never get it for them most of the time. But I think the reason why people make things complicated is because they put these guards on their hearts. And you got to understand, they're everyone scared. is being the way they think they have to be. Yeah, they're scared. Everyone, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I was living in, in love. I mean, when you love in fear, you're living in fear. I never thought of myself as a coward, but that's what I was really doing. I mean, you know, and, and the reason why, I mean, I got to a point where I was like, that girl's got to prove to me that she's worth my, me giving up this crazy, cool, fun lifestyle that I've got. And if she can't, do, but what, what's really going to happen when your way of being is coming from a place of fear? I mean, how's it ever going to work out? But I will say this, and this is why love is also so powerful. When you've seen people, and it's a testament to people's powerful minds, when they can focus in their lousy realities that they've created 
and change. Yeah. And the biggest thing that will make people change is love. It's love. Mm-hmm. When they love someone else more than they love themselves, they start to try to change. And so it doesn't always work. Sometimes they can only get their shit together for a few weeks and then they're back to their old habit. And the reason for that is their projected image never really changed. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about me real quick. I'll just I'll make this super quick. You know, I talked about my trial. Before my trial, I, I was just like, God, if you just get me through this, I swear I'll be happy. I'll, I'll be, I, this is the only thing holding me back from happiness. I know it is. It's been going on for two and a half years. If I can just get past this, I'll be good. <laughs> you know, well, I won. I won my trial. I mean, the jurors, some of them came and hugged me. Mm. They hugged me. They said that must have been awful, some of them. Mm. I, I mean, that that doesn't happen. Dude, that, that girl's uh, appointed um, psychological counselor came up and told me I was praying for you the whole time. Ugh. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So anyway, I had already bought a ticket to, uh, where was I going? Istanbul or something. And because on the off chance that I had my freedom, I was getting the hell out of the United States. <laughs> You know, yeah. so after after like a week or something, I mean, it was crazy. I would forget that I was free, and then I remember, I'm like, oh my god, it's over, and this relief would wash over me, right? But after that kind of wore off after a couple of weeks, I was back to being miserable, and I was like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And the reason why is because that projected image of mine never really changed. Mm-hmm. I thought it's the world that's that's messed up, not me. I'm doing what I've got to do. I'm being the way I've got to be. Yeah. Everybody thinks that, but they've created that reality for themselves. That's the whole thing that's so so horrible about it. You see, you've created this reality. So everywhere you look is confirmation that, yeah, you're right. But why would you have to tell yourself all these pretty little lies if you were really, truly right? That was the truth. You know? Anyway, so. So I think that answers the the question. I hope it does. Yeah, no, that's that was a great answer. I've got I've got one here, and I think uh, after this we're gonna have some uh, some things we can wrap up with. But okay, this one's poignant. I think. Uh, thank you for sharing your story with us, Josh. I'll be honest. Uh, I did not have the pleasure of knowing who you were. But after listening to you on Married AF, I made my wife sit down with me, and we listened to your episode together. After hearing your testimony, we prayed together. For the first time, we really prayed together. Sure, we've said prayers together before Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner, but this time we really prayed. It was great. My question for you, though, is this. Do you think you would have been an even better fighter if you had the peace that you have now experienced, or do you think you would have not even been a fighter at all? Ooh, that's a good question. Huh. Well, I want to comment on something real quick before I answer that question. And again, all for me, my journey started with my mind. I, I call it unlocked. It really just means I was I stopped being controlled by this projected image of mine, and I realized I could if I could put anything I want in there, then what's really stopping me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
but Christianity <clears throat> is really is really where this led me to, you know, because number one, I wanted to treat people the way I wanted to be treated. That's a Christian principle. Number two, forgiveness. I realized how powerful it was, not just for me, but for other people, right? That's those are very Christian things. And that's I said those just those two things, I said, well what's it really about? Christianity is about being authentic. It's about how to be an authentic person. And when you connect with your family like that, sometimes, I mean, some people have never, I never connected with my family like that. Not once. Not once. We never talked about any of, the, any of the stuff that happened to me. None of it, ever. It didn't happen. It was like it didn't happen, except to me. Right. So anyway, um, but imagine, all right, if people in a family were authentic with each other and loving and connected for real, and not just their family, but with their neighbors and their neighbors in their community, right? Look what's going on in this country. I mean, does anyone even talk to their neighbors anymore? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, right I, now, I, connected with we're guilty that of that. <laughs> yeah, what's funny is we're living in the most connected age in history, and we're the most disconnected from each other. It's we're, insane. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember this movie, uh, Cruise and... And uh, Jamie Lee Fox, he's a taxi driver. And they're in L.A. I was actually in, in Los Angeles watching this movie in the theater, um, in, you know, in uh, I think it was Century City. But it, a lot of it takes place in downtown L.A. or whatever. But Cruz says something like, there's 18 million people here and nobody knows anybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's true. Oh, that's the truth. It's true. But it's not, it's not just L.A. It's, it's everywhere, but especially in these bigger cities. But I'll tell you, yes, I know I would have been an amazing fighter because – you see, up until recently, I viewed fighting, like MMA fighting, that was actually for me a real fight. Like That was a life or death fight every single time in my mind. That's how I viewed fighting. I mean, and by the time, I, look, it was one thing. If you put someone in front of me that was trying to hurt someone I cared about, I like my chances against anybody. But when it got down to, you're just going in there to try to hurt a motherfucker, and that's how you win this thing. That one wasn't really me. I mean, that wasn't really me. I don't want to hurt someone. You're not really. I mean, I love practice. I mean, you go in there, go to go to war. Mm -hmm. I would work anybody over in practice. Well, if I was in shape and not drinking. But I had a great time in practice. But when it came down to actually going into the cage, I'd have to get myself so amped up to go in there and try to hurt somebody, you know. And I didn't really like that. And so that was where I was at. I was, I was sabotaging myself all the time through fighting. So yeah, I mean, now I could go in there and it's like, hey brother, I love you, but I'm going to try to knock your teeth out, okay? We can be friends afterwards. Yeah. But then it was like, I had to keep telling myself you can't die. Don't worry, you can't die. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how crazy it was for me. So yeah, I mean, I put all this crazy pressure on myself and and, uh, and I know I would have been a much better fighter, but but I'm okay with it. As I said, I mean, I, I with fighting, I got to experience a lot of cool stuff. I was around everybody that's anybody in the sport. I fought with most of them, you know. I punched most of them, even or, or kicked them or whatever. And and uh, you know, I'm okay with it now. For a long, long time, it didn't sit well with me, and it was painful. But but not any longer. So um, I, I really appreciate that, that question. That movie was called Collateral, by the way. Yes. Collateral. <laughs> Hey, well, Josh, I'm interested to know. I've got a follow-up question to their question. Yeah. What? 
how does that make you feel to hear that guy say that him and his wife prayed together for the first time? That's incredible. And to know that it was from listening to some content that uh, yeah. you're putting out into the world, that's 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 powerful shit, man. I mean, like if, if to I, me, if I you're looking, you. I said, but that's how powerful we all are. And for this guy to say that, you see, here's what's so cool about what I'm doing. This is what's so cool about it, or, or what I think is cool about it, or what what I think is special. You see, once I can train someone or explain this and they get it, once they get it, they can do it for other people. And I feel like it's one of the greatest gifts you can ever give anybody because then they're really free to decide what they're going to do. And I can't wait to see what some people are going to do. You know, And when someone says, I connected with my wife for the first time, which is really what that guy said, it's like, wow, you're a part of that. We're a part of that. We three did that. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't have to stop there. I've got to have a voice. I've got to get this out there. I've got to get my message out there. I know this is what I was meant to do. This is what I was meant to do, Randall. Oh, I believe and, it. You know, when someone says that, it's just like, I knew it. I knew I was right because it makes me exist more too, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you for, for pointing that out, man. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I want to thank them for listening, whether they're a first-time listener Absolutely. or um, whether they listen all along. Um, that makes me, you know, extremely proud just to be part of the um, episode uh, with you. But <clears throat> it leads to a good... Uh, oh, yeah, you know, so how how can... Uh, like aside from listening to these two episodes on Married AF, how can people find you out on social media or can reach out okay. to you? And if they want yeah. that kind of coaching, like how, how are you, I guess this is the good segue to talk about, you know, you said that you, you're going to try to maybe put out some videos. Mm-hmm. What's your vision for, a portal for these people that maybe they do want to talk to you or reach out to you to kind of uh, learn how maybe they could unlock their mind too and mm-hmm. um, start to change their life. Okay. Well, unfortunately I just, I've never been really very active on social media. So I'm just starting to um, really utilize those tools to get my message out right now. I've got an Instagram that, I kind of dick around with every now and then, but I'm going to be putting out some videos that sort of explain these concepts better, how to manifest, you know, more of what you want in your life, how to, how to tap into who you really are, how to, uh, to make yourself more powerful, more, more vital, more alive, mm-hmm. uh, more loving stuff like that. Expand your consciousness is really what I'm talking about. Um, right now you can, you can find me on on uh, Instagram. It's Josh Suerte, uh, the Spanish word for luck, J-O-S-H-S-U-E-R-T-E, um, at Josh Suerte. I'm going, I, I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm playing around with a few different um, handles that might kind of get my sort of, I don't know, kind of encapsulate the, the thing that I'm going for. Yeah. But, but really, um, 
that's where if someone wants to to find me or, or message me, I'll talk to anybody. You can mm-hmm. find me on my, my Facebook too. That's now uh, an off private or actually online and off private. But um, I would say that find me and I'm going to start putting stuff out and, and I'll, I'll let you guys know, you know, when it's, when it's ready to rock and roll, it's going to be soon. Um, yeah. And we'll blast that out. It's going to sure. be soon. Yeah, I'm going to start the... doing this. I realize, I realized like, I can only have this kind of conversation one-on-one with so many people and it's not good enough. It's not happening fast enough. My vision. All right. Here's my vision that this starts like a, a, a forest fire, mm-hmm. only a beautiful forest fire mm-hmm. that catches up with people. I mean, imagine if, if people thought this way, imagine if our leaders thought this way or our teachers or, our, you know, if parents understood this kind of stuff and could, could, I'll tell you, I'll tell you real quickly how this all came to me. It was after that weekend for my 40th birthday with all my wonderful friends that came into town. And I started seeing this; it all snapped together. I mean, that was an awesome weekend. And one day I'll tell that story. But the next, the, the day that I was, um, the next day that I was free, I was driving up to Las Vegas to see my daughters. I have twin daughters. They're so you know? cute. Oh. And, yeah, well, I'm not there, right? They're in Las Vegas. They're half Asian. I mean, what kind of people are they going to be? I, I, I used to, I would worry about that, you know, because I can only do so much. And then I started realizing that this is going to happen to them. At some point, they're going to start guarding their hearts but I'm going to be there to be able to guide them through it and to project what they want and to be authentic. And, and here's the thing that I didn't say that's, that's so important, but when you become authentic, it feels like you're vulnerable at first, but you're not. You're invincible because when you become authentic, other people just drop their image. They drop it. They don't even realize they're doing it. They just drop it. Mm. And when you're being authentic, don't worry about, does this person like me? What do they think of me? Just hear them, see them, talk to them, be present, be in the present moment. Smile at them, look them in the eye, you know, and and really be there. And you'll see them open up to you. They'll drop their projected images. They'll start being themselves. Now, I'm not saying this is this is a uh, the same thing as being socially uh, adept. Okay, it's not really the same thing. They're they're kind of two different things, but. They help each other out a lot, okay? But as you do it, you'll start to see you're invincible. People want to be around you. They want to talk to you because they can be themselves. They can be who they really are. And it feels good to just let it go and be present, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. totally. So so here's what happened to me, okay? So I go, I always get a, a hotel, sometimes usually at the Westin, um, and I connected with this the front desk girl. Well, the weekend goes off, and I'm in my new way of being, and I've never connected more with my little bitty four-year-old daughters. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a great time. And uh, the, the last day, we're on the top floor, and um, we're, we walk into the elevators. There's three in front and three behind. You know, can you vis- imagine yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so I've, one of the girls always likes to kind of run around in front of me, and the other one likes to hold my hand. They, they will switch up for some reason. You know? <sighs> and anyway, Sherilyn. One of the doors opens behind me, and she just steps into Uh-oh. it. And I was looking at the, at the elevators in front of me. And she says, Daddy. And I turn around, 
And I look at her, and she's thinking it's kind of cute. Like, ha-ha, look at me. I got an elevator. And I look at her for a split second, and I realize, oh, my God, those doors are closing. I start lunging for the elevator to oh. try to stick my hand in between the doors, you know, to keep it open. Yeah. And at the same time, hit that damn button to keep it from closing. <sighs> I missed both of them. The doors close. She starts screaming on the way wherever it's going. And the, the Virginia, who's right next to me, she starts, Daddy, oh. Daddy, get her, get her. I don't know if they've ever even been separated at this point. Oh. Yeah. And so, oh, so and here's what I realized. In my old way of being, I might have even gotten upset. But all I said, I was in complete <laughs> control. I said, baby, stay in the elevator. Yeah. Stay in the elevator. I'll, don't worry. I'll be right there. I'm pressing the button. I'm pressing the button. But Virginia's freaking out. And what do I do? I get down on a knee, right beside her. Baby, I want this to be a lesson for you. Don't ever leave your father. You always stick right next to me. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. Aww. She's crying. I said, just please get her. Don't you worry. We've got her. I'm pressing that button. <sighs> I mean, ages go by. It's Las Vegas. Oh, There's it's a, people oh my with God. carts. That, I mean, they're, they're this big. They're tiny. They could be taken. That elevator's going to open up, and I have no idea who's going to be there. You know? It's a big building. That There's makes my stomach hurt. Or something. <laughs> What's going to happen, right? And you, we all know, we all know, the longer this shit takes, the worse it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So the elevator finally opens up. I jump into the elevator. We're going down. We get to the bottom floor. <sighs> Sherilyn? Sherilyn? I walk up to the front desk, and there's that girl that I connected with. Uh. And I said, listen, this is the situation. Can you watch her? Yes. Mr. Hall, yes. I give. I go. Does anyone have a radio? Because I know how radios work. I used to be in the army. <laughs> I'll find somebody. I go. Okay. I'm going back up. So I run back over the elevators, and right there is a security guy with a radio. Now my old way of being would have been to start barking fucking orders, <sighs> telling people what to do to get their shit going. But that's not going to work, right? I mean, what that guy would say is, "You're the terrible father." Or that's how he would feel. Like, don't who are, you, who are you yelling? You know. But I said, I said, sir, listen to me. I've got a little four-year-old girl. She's she got an elevator. I don't know where she is in the building. Can you get on the radio with the 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 other security guards and the cleaning staff? Yes, sir. Great. I jump in the elevator. I go back up. I mean, it's just excruciating. I'm opening, oh coming out of floor. Sherilyn, baby, are you here? Nothing. 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 I go back downstairs to check. And they said, Mr. Hall, come with us. I said, okay. They don't say we found your daughter. They said, come with us. I'm like, oh, God. <sighs> okay, <sighs> what does that mean, you know? So I grab Virginia and we're walking. They take us downstairs to the basement. <sighs> the basement is just like, it looks like a scary basement. It's a scary so hotel basement. I mean, yeah. <laughs> why would you take my daughter here? She's you know? already terrified. I don't say that. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I oh. get, they, take me to the, they take us to the office. There's my, there's Sharon. Oh. She's got a bottle of Voss water and one of these rubber duckies that they sometimes give to platinum members. I'm a platinum member. I've never got one of these uh. duckies. Yeah. She's, she's worried she's going to get in trouble. She's got, there's like the, the head of HR is there and the assistant general managers there, like keeping her entertained. And how much time you know? had passed? Like and since it, she stepped like, in the elevator? Yeah. Yeah, she stepped. This is, this was, is the one that stepped in the elevator. Yeah, but how so, much time had gone by, like since you had seen oh, her? I, like, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like forever, maybe twenty minutes or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh know? my god. And so, yeah. So I, I I go up there, and they 
you know, Virginia and Sherilyn hug each other. And it was just <laughs> so sweet. They were, they missed each other, you know, and Sherilyn's a little worried that she's going to get in trouble or something. And it, it all struck me. You see, in my old way of being, I would have been upset. I would have been loud. I, they wouldn't have known what's going on. Mm-hmm. They would have just seen my body language and my, my tone, right? It scared my, them not more. very gentle tone. And they would have been traumatized mm-hmm. from that experience. But because it, the way I handled it, it was like this cool little adventure, you know? <laughs> and so then my biggest thing was, damn it, now I've got to tell their mother. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Know? So I start talking about this stuff, and she's authentic with me because I'm being authentic. And this is really the first time. And she goes, oh, you know, and it broke me. And she's like, oh, Josh, don't worry. I lost him one time in the <laughs> toy store. And she said that, and as soon as she let that slip out, we both knew I was in the clear. Right, right. <laughs> because she didn't mean to say that, you know. It just kind of came out. <laughs> and so anyways, but but that's when it all sort of sunk in for me. And it just kind of, that experience was like, I know that I'm on the right track. I know this is the right way yeah. to be. That's anyway. good. That's a that's a perfect that's example. That's an incredible yeah. uh, story, man. Got, it made uh, my that's f- nothing. But that's nothing. You should see the adventures I've gotten into just walking oh, yeah. across the parking lot with people. Yeah. Always, I'm telling you, when you walk around on creator mode or sexy beast <laughs> mode or whatever it is, it's just like magic hey. starts happening. Your life becomes almost dreamlike. You start manifesting things into your life that it's on a loop. It does. It says it in the Bible. I went back and I studied the verse of Christ says, a man sows day and night and he doesn't even know it. And when it's time to harvest, he reaps it or something. That's basically what it says. Day and night. Well, that led, that's the other thing. That led me to start studying lucid dreaming, where you're conscious during your dreams. You can kind of control what's going on. Because I'm like, there's no wasted moments. How can you be bored when you know you can manifest anything you want, Randall? Mm-hmm. You know? And how can you be, and if at night, if you're sowing day at night, well, it's time for me to get a hold of these dreams now. So that's what I'm working on. My, my level right now is trying to become more conscious and, and lucid in my dreams so that I can manifest in my dreams what I want to instead of on a boot. Well, dude, so you know, that's kind of where I'm at. You know that we're, room. we're going to be here every step of the way, um, supporting you and, um, shouting you out and uh linking people up with you and, and me and you of course will always be uh connected but um i gotta tell you man this has been uh incredible i'm proud to be a part of it and i thank you for for using our show as your first real platform publicly it means a lot as a friend and a brother i really appreciate you and i want people to uh to listen to my buddy, you know, and hear what yeah. he has to say, because he knows his, a, he knows what he's saying. It's been an honor. I wish, I mean, this time has flown by. So it's been two hours again. I've got so much more that I want to share with people. I want them to have, and I'm only, I mean, like I said, I think I'm only like in the neutral to willingness scale. I think that I've got way further to go. I, I touch on these these, these higher levels, you know, every now and then, but I don't stay there as long as I'd like. I, that's what I'm working towards. So thank you, man. And thank you for saying that. And I'll say one other thing, man, before, and this is the last thing I want to talk about. And it's the last thing I want, I really want to say is it's so important. It's so important to be 
physically present in the people's lives that you have, that you care about. Mm -hmm. These phone calls that we've had over the years are great, but we've never really spent a lot of time together, man. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. unless you're making new memories with the people you care about, as soon as we hang off the phone, hang up the phone, your presence in my life is going to kind of go. And mine is going to kind of go in yours. This is why it's so important to connect with the people that are in your life that you care about. And I hope that everyone hears me. Tell the people that you love how much you love them. Make your, if you're a guy, make your guy friends hug you for real. I mean, it's so crazy that men are worried about really hugging. Embrace your friends and make them hug you because you never know when's yep. the last time you're going to get to say something yeah, to them. That's the truth. They might not die. They might not die. But look. If they're not present in your life, what's the difference? Yep. What's the real difference? I mean, a phone call, it's not even your real voice. It's a digital uh, remake of your voice. Yeah. You don't really, you sound a lot like you, but it's not really you, you know? And that's true of everybody. Facebook, it's yep. just a picture. It's, it's, it's like everyone's some little digital ghost or something that you're talking <laughs> to, not the real person. So everyone listening, I, I hope that, If I can leave you with only one thing, it's this. Please be more loving to the people that you actually love. Please be more loving to yourself. That's all I wanted to say. Well, brother, you know that we love you. And uh, I can't wait to to talk to you more and and watch this thing grow. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of you. I'm I'm thrilled to, to see how at peace you are. I mean, I love the... The angry hall, so you can only imagine how much I, I love the not angry hall. And I'm yeah. sure that's how all of your friends feel. You know, they loved angry hall as much as you could love somebody. But I getting... can't believe people put up with me for as long as they did. <laughs> well, brother, you, uh, you keep at it, man. And we will, uh, we will link back up with you soon, and we'll get you all this info. And Brooke will have all of uh, your contact stuff in the show notes, brother. Yep. That sounds great, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, bro. Hey, thanks. Man. All right, brother. Love you, man. I love you, too. Bye. See you, guys. Bye-bye. All right, brother. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm glad I got to actually join that discussion this time. I'm telling you, the guy can go. When you're passionate about something. That, that's exactly it. You that can means... go all night. Mm-hmm. Cause, and it's not, that's, it's not bullshit. No. You, when you can go and no one has to say a word, uh-huh. you know it's real and you know it's coming from a place of passion. He's yeah. on fire with he this. Is. I love it. It's... And uh, I'm so happy for him. Yeah. So I hope you guys like this episode. There's no way it sounds as bad as the last one. It sounded fine. Yeah. I'm sounds stoked. like a phone call. Yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> it doesn't sound no, like uh, he's on a microphone like we are, but it sounds better probably than the last one. Sorry yeah, the about last that. The last one was a uh, <laughs> fucking internet connection, apparently, that is shitty at his house, and nobody thought about it. <laughs> and probably ours, too, at times. So. Maybe. Anyway, so we're going uh, to get out of here. Go watch some American Idol. Sweet. And. Uh, in honor of Hall, I'm not going to say go fuck yourself. Aww. I'm going to say go manifest. Go yourself love yourself. Or love yourself. And others. A lot.
with your hands and love you by bathing suit parts <laughs> we'll catch y'all uh, later we'll be back uh, sunday night with the hashtag no offense show oh. that will be the jam they'll be our guests oh yep cool yeah sweet y'all take it easy later Wookie.